Good morning. How's everybody today? Come on, you can do better than that. Are you glad you came today? Praise the Lord with clapping. All right, welcome to North Star Church. North Star Church is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody is perfect, and that's pretty good. Anything is possible. And I believe that with all of my heart. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist, and that's to make disciples, so that people will come to Christ and be discipled and grow in him. We welcome those that are first-time guests in our service today, and we welcome those that are joining us online either live and people do all across the place or at a future date and just moments ago our Tupelo campus joined us make some noise for those guys over there okay are you glad you came to church today just say amen all right get in the swing get in the groove you glad you came to church today say amen, amen. <laughs> all right I am too I want to begin uh, by saying something about one of the ministries of our church. Our church has a giving ministry called Faith Commitment Giving. <coughs> it is giving above your tithes and offerings, and we have 27 to 30 different ministries in our communities that the faith commitment money that comes into that uh, supports and there's you, you just need to look on the video in the foyer and and you'll be able to see uh, those ministries one of those ministries is day one day one is uh, a ministry locally that ministers to incarcerated incarcerated women who are getting out of jail the, uh, upon their release and they provide these gift bags and with supplies, needed supplies for a fresh start. Uh, sometimes they're released in the, in the middle of the night and oftentimes they have nowhere to go. So day one is a ministry, thank God, in our area and in our community that ministers to these women. Isn't that great? And let me just read this to you and then you can clap. Dear North Star friends, your generosity has set the bar really high. Day One is a local group committed to helping incarcerated women begin their first day of release to re-enter our community with hope and a new plan. You have given abundantly and with the great looking Day One bags and a generous supply of necessity gifts for starting fresh, our hearts are overwhelmed and overflowing with your coming alongside of us. So they're just saying thank you. I'm telling you, because you give to faith commitment giving, this is just one of the ministries that our church is a part of. Now give God a praise clap. All right. All right. We're starting a, a brand new series. I've been working on this and praying about this and getting excited about this for quite some time now. And I'm finally glad that, or I'm glad that today finally I'm able to, to start this series. It's called A Life That Follows Jesus. 
Today we're going to talk about specifically the truth of following Jesus. What is the truth? What does following Jesus look like? And over the next several weeks, we're going to take this journey with these 12 young men and Jesus, the disciples, and of course Jesus, and we're going to watch them and look into their lives and walk with them to see what they experienced when they walked with Jesus. This was the, this was their job description. This is their life. This was their livelihood. Wake up and stay close to Jesus. Now we think about the disciples in the Bible and they actually walked with Jesus. We think, well, that's good. And, but, but Jesus is not here. And you're right. He's not physically on the earth. But what these guys did, they actually and literally physically and visibly walked with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, when, when they woke up, when he woke up, they woke up. When he left, they left. When he stopped, they stopped. When he ate, they ate. When he slept, they slept. They literally visibly walked with Jesus. Now that's all good. But the reality is, it is now our job to get up when he gets up to go where he goes and to do what he does the only problem with that is Jesus is invisible we can't see his footprints in the ground we have to walk by faith Hebrews 11:1 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen it's the evidence but you can't see it you can't see Jesus they woke up they could see Jesus making coffee when we wake up we're making coffee but as they follow Jesus it is now our job to start each day following Jesus now what does that look like well, my text for today is John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. John 4, and I'm going to begin with verse 1. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. The Bible says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. It's interesting, the next sentence Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was his disciples. People were following Christ, but his disciples were baptizing them. Verse 4, so he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Notice verse 4. He was in Judea and he was going to Galilee Verse 4 says, now he had to go through Samaria. Now, it's very interesting, and I'm going to make that point in just a minute. The story goes on. They go to Samaria. He goes to a well. There's a, a woman that comes up, and he asks her for water. She said, the well's too deep. He said, if, if, you, if, if you will let me give you what I have, I have living water and you'll never thirst again. 
She said, well, I'm looking for the Messiah. I believe that the Messiah is coming. And Jesus said, he is, and I'm him. And then the story takes up. In verse 25, the woman said, I know that the Messiah is called Christ is coming where he comes. He will explain everything to me. Then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. The disciples returned. Now, Jesus has sent them to town to get some food, all right? Just when the disciples returned, they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Oh, he's talking to a woman. This was not their custom. This is not, you couldn't do this. But nobody asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving the water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the, be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you for your word and how it speaks to our hearts. God, by your Holy Spirit, move and speak to us in this service. And bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. All right, so here are the disciples following Jesus. They wake up and they stay close to him. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you ever work out? I, I don't work out as much as I used to. I don't work out as much as I would like to, but I've got a philosophy of what it means to work out, why people are working out. I think this is true. I think this is true for some of you who are, who are working out. I think people, one, work out so they, they can be fit. Can I get an amen? You, you want to live a, a healthy life? You work out. I think some of you are working out because you're fit. You want to be fit. And then the other group of people who work out, I think that they work out, they go to the gym so they can eat more. Can I get a hallelujah? I think people, there are some folks, it's, they, they do the cardio so they have a, a strong, healthy heart. I think others work out. Uh, so they can have thin and crispy, hot barbecue, golden flake potato chips. That's just, I'm just saying. I mean, when I would get on, when I would, would get on the elliptical, man, I, I sweat profusely. I'm just like puddling up on the carpet. You know what I'm thinking about? Well, one thought is, I think I'm dying. But the other thought is, now I can eat some potato chips and it won't really affect me. Um, one thing about working out is sometimes it's painful. Are you with me? Man, I, I'll, be, I'll do something different or lift some different weights or do some, some different lifting, and I'll be so sore. And I don't like being sore like that. I mean, some people thrive on it, and they, oh, man. They, and it's a mental thing because you'll see them walk in the room puffed out. But they're not really puffed out. They're just puffing out. Uh, but it's painful. It's painful when I was running uh, the, the races that, that we ran. Man, I'd be so sore. I'd get up on Tuesday, and I wouldn't run on Monday, and I wouldn't run on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. I don't think he wants us to do that kind of... I think it's okay to run on Sunday. I just don't think it was okay for me. Uh, but I'd get up on Tuesday, and I'd run uh, 6.2. Are you serious? Yeah, every Tuesday. 
Uh, every Thursday, I'd, ring, I'd run 6.2, and then on Saturday, I would uh, increase it, trying to prepare for long distances. And I'd be so sore on Sunday, I'd, be, I'd come to church, and, I, you know, it'd be like painful. I think we sometimes avoid things that are painful. I, I know I do. I know if something's painful, I, I just don't like to do it. I don't want to go toward it. I don't want to be a part of it. But I also believe that if we are habitually avoiding the things that are painful, that it makes it very difficult for us to become what we need to become. I think if you think that if following Jesus is painful, and or he asks you to do something that is difficult and you stay away from it, how can you ever grow in your relationship and with your walk with Jesus Christ if you're avoiding those things that are difficult? This is what I know. When I avoid what I need, the things that I don't need, the wrong things start to invade my life. When I'm avoiding the things that I really need in my walk with Jesus, what happens is the things that I don't need, the, the wrong things begin to invade, invade my life. So today I want to talk about the truth of following Jesus. I'm not talking about just like going to church on Sunday, good. All of you have done good at making that happen. You're here. But I'm afraid when we say we follow Jesus, that sometimes we take days off. So that's, that's like eye-opening. It, it, it needs to be. Because if we say, I'm a follower of Christ, there is no taking days off. And it's not just on Sunday. I follow Jesus. I wake up when he wakes up. The Bible says he never sleeps or slumbers. But when I wake up, I follow him. When he says go, I go. When he says do, I do. And so following Jesus I want to clarify this for anybody who may be thinking that you've done your duty on Sunday. Following Jesus happens on Monday. Now the Bible says, I want to highlight verse 4. It simply says, now he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. And I want to make three observations today based on this text, that I think will help you and me to know the truth about following Jesus. And if you're taking notes, write this one down. Following Jesus means that you will be addressing what otherwise you would have avoided. You will be addressing what otherwise you might have been avoiding. The Bible says in verse 4, and he had to go to, through Samaria. Well, he didn't have to. In fact, the Jews thought the Samaritans, they were so prejudiced, they were so steep in racial bigotry, 
They didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans. Now, from Judea to Galilee, where Jesus was going, was 70 miles. Say 70. If you were walking, it took about two and a half days. But Jews would have never taken the direct route. The direct route, Judea, Samaria, Galilee. They were in Judea. Samaria was on the way. Then they would be at Galilee, two and a half days, 70 miles. But the Jewish people, and Jesus knew that culture, they would never do that. So what did they do? Well, they would go from Jerusalem in Judea, and they would go to Jericho. Then they would go to the Jordan River and follow the riverbank till they got to Galilee. It was twice as far. It took them twice as long. But because of their prejudice and because of their opinions, that's the way that they went. But what did Jesus do? Verse 4 says, he had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. He wanted to. He chose to. And what Jesus was doing, he was illustrating to his followers, he was illustrating to these young disciples that he loved these people, that they needed the truth, that they needed the gospel. And so they did go through Samaria. What does this do? It speaks to the imperativeness that, that Jesus felt as the Messiah. Jesus God, wrapped in flesh, came to the earth, not part man and part God, but 100% man, 100% God. And Jesus had such a, a passion for people. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're going to follow Jesus, it means there are going to be times that you've got to address some things that otherwise you would have avoided. And you say, Pastor T, what, what does that mean? For me, I don't know. What have you been avoiding? Is it a neighborhood that you've stayed away from? Is it a particular workstation you hope they don't see you walk by? You're friendly, you're cordial, but you really avoid it? Well, if you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to mean addressing some of the things that you have been avoiding. When they got to, to Samaria, the disciples went to get food, okay? And so Jesus says, go get food. They said, oh, Jesus, I mean, it's really? I mean, these people don't like us. Didn't even, not to even mention the fact that they didn't like them either. They'll be mean to us. They'll poison our food. I, I don't want to go there. I just want to go back to my safe place. Jesus said, go get food. They go to town to get food, and then they come back uh, with the food. And Jesus, they said, we got the food. Jesus said, uh, I have food that you don't even know about. And they're thinking, has they got it stashed up in his robe or something? I mean, did, or did somebody else feed him? Now, Jesus is trying to help them to understand, and he takes them. Now, what did the disciples do? They actually, literally, physically, visibly follow Jesus. And Jesus takes them right 
in the middle of a place that they had avoided all of their lives. They, they, come, up, they come up into the scene dressed in their hill figure robes and their Birkenstocks. And Jesus is talking to a woman. How could he do this? How could he lead us here? And they were having a pity party and they were thinking, oh, it's not supposed to be like this. Let me tell you what I know. Following Jesus, it is not always smooth sailing and effortless. I'm telling you, I'm glad you're up today, but there are going to be times that are going to, that are going to be difficult and that you want to avoid it and you try to stay away and you run. I'm telling you that following Jesus means addressing. It might be some things within your heart that you need to address of why you're not faithful, of why you're not serving, of why you're not in a small group. Are you following Jesus? Be careful when you say, I'm a follower of Christ, because it becomes increasingly evident that sometimes you take days off. They went through Samaria. When Jesus was about to ascend into heaven after the crucifixion, after his resurrection, after his appearances to nearly 500 people, he gives these instructions to his followers. He says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive the, Holy, the power of the, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea. What's the next one? And the ends of the earth. No, Samaria. Samaria is that place today, I, I believe it represents for us what it represented for the disciples. And it represents that place that what we need to address that we might have otherwise avoided. What have you avoided on the journey with Jesus? Maybe it is that neighbor down the street or the family member. We have at such at our heart and DNA as a church to reach our city and our region for Christ, our communities, our cities. And it's going to involve us addressing those things that we have once avoided. The second observation in verse 27, to reiterate, it says, just when his disciples returned and were surprised. <laughs> That's an understatement. They come back with the food that Jesus no longer wanted. And it wasn't that he was trying to prove a point that he, that he needed food to eat, that he was hungry. He was trying to teach his disciples something about themselves. It says they were surprised to find him talking to a woman. The woman met Jesus at the well. She left touched by Jesus and surprised and shocked by the disciples. I mean, it's not like they said anything. Uh, it was the look on their face. That's why it's recorded. It says they were surprised to find him talking to a woman. 
especially this woman, but, but nobody said out loud, what do you want or why are you talking with her? The second thing is, if you, if you are following Jesus, it means that you're going to walk towards, you're going to be walking toward what you don't understand. Following Jesus means walking to what you don't understand. They didn't understand it. Why didn't we go the long way like everybody else goes the long way? The, the long way. Here he is talking to a woman, this kind of woman. So what kind of woman was she? Well, she had five husbands, and Jesus told her, the one you're living with now is not even your husband. Whoa, that woman. And here are the disciples. They woke up. What do they do? Stay close to Jesus. You go where he goes. You do what he says. You do what he does. You go where he goes. You stop when he stops. And they go to Samaria of all places. They didn't understand it. They had been avoiding it, and they didn't understand it. Following Jesus means walking to what you don't understand. You know, following Jesus is risky business. You may ask yourself a question today, am I really a follower of Christ? I understand it. I'm thinking, if you understand it, if you understand it all, I don't know that you're following Jesus. I don't understand it. I wonder how many mission trips, oh, I'm, I'm not talking about boarding the plane and traveling overseas. I'm talking about just walking with Jesus. How many walks with Jesus? How many talks with Jesus? How many mission trips with Jesus to Samaria have you missed because you didn't understand it? Ironically, in our culture today, we have taught people that if you don't understand it, it might not really be of God. I want to tell you something. If you don't understand it, it might very well be that you walk in with Jesus. How can I pay for this mission trip overseas? How can I ever have the strength and the courage and the ability and the energy to serve in that ministry? I've been avoiding being in a small group. How can I ever? I don't understand it why I'm feeling this way. It, it may be proof that you're trying to follow Jesus. The writer of Proverbs said it this way. He, he said, man, or he uses the word humans, in their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps we plan it out this is what this is what I'm going to do this afternoon and I, I, I've already planned it out on my phone my reminders and this is my plan and these are my this is my the direction I'm going this is my uh, ideas this is I, I know this that my heart and my soul I'm safe I know that I have Jesus in my life, Jesus in my heart, and I'm following him. You can't take that away. The devil can't take that away. I'm safe, but I, I, wanna, I wonder, I don't think my plans are safe. 
When you're following Jesus, your plans may change. When you're following Jesus, your schedule may change. Your soul is safe and secure in the hands of Jesus, but your, your plans aren't safe. It's risky business following Jesus. You, it, you've been avoiding some things. It's time to walk to some things that God has spoken in your life. They come with the, the food from Wendy's in Samaria. And they see Jesus talking to this woman, and they said, man, we don't understand this. There was no way they could wrap their brain around what was actually happening. And I believe there's no way to wrap your brain around what God is actually trying to do in your life today when you walk with Jesus, when you follow Jesus. It's an adventure of a lifetime. It is, it is like nothing else that you could ever experience is walking to. There's one other observation. Verse 27 so it says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised. I told you earlier it was the look on their face that he was talking to a woman, but nobody asked, what are you doing? What do you want? Or why are you talking to her? Again, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples something about themselves. If you're following Jesus, it may be, it means that you're addressing some things that otherwise you would have avoided. It means walking too. Walking too. Something that you really don't understand. On Monday. Number three, it is expanding our, our limits of God's love. You can't limit God, but in your mind, we limit what God can do. The very essence of religion says that we, we've got it, and, and it's, it's a closed deal. But the reality is God's love, the Bible says, nobody can measure the breadth of it, the height of it, the depth of it. The disciples were looking, they were sitting there thinking, Jesus loves a Samaritan? And our heads explode with the, the, the amount, the limitless supply of God's love. One day, Jesus um, had been talking to Levi. Levi, his name, he was a tax collector. And um, the Bible says that Jesus had gone and they had gone out to eat. And the tax collectors in that day, was the word tax collector was synonymous with sinner. Sinner, tax collector, that's just the way it was. In Luke chapter 5, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors. In other words, a large crowd of sinners and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the holier than thou's, complained 
to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus said, he answered them, it is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. God forbid that we as a church, listen to me church, God forbid that we become a church that has no need for a physician. God forbid that we even exist, that we're as a church without recognizing that we need a physician. We're going to have low times, but we need Jesus with us. We're going to have difficult times. We need to be walking with Jesus because he's going to walk with us through those difficult times. We need a physician. We've often said this is a hospital for sinners, not a country club for saints. This is, this is a hospital. God forbid that we ever become a church that has no need for, the, for a physician. And so as we go out into our communities and we have a burden to reach our communities and our region for Jesus Christ, and it, it, please understand this next, this last statement the only antidote for the pain of people in our region is following Jesus. It's the only way. It's not education. <coughs> it's not a better social system. It's not counseling. The only antidote for the pain and the, the pressure and the depression and the, the hurt and the lostness is by somebody following Jesus. Well, I, my neighbor is, they in bad shape. They need the Lord. They need the Lord. They need help. They need counseling. They need assistance. Oh, if they could just get some education. No. What they need is Jesus. And you are carrying the antidote that can take it to those people. Following Jesus means that you may be avoiding, that you may be addressing some of the things you otherwise might have been avoiding. It means walking to. What do, what, what do you need to walk to today? What are some things that you haven't been walking to that you need to start walking to today? And it means expanding the limits. I don't know. Yeah, they need Jesus. They'll never come to Jesus. Jesus loved Samaria. He had to go through Samaria, to Samaria, Samaria, and he loves just as much as he loved the woman at the well. He loves your neighbor, and he loves you. Are you following Jesus? I'm not asking, are you saved? Are you following Jesus? I'm not asking, are you going to heaven? Are you following Jesus? Is your life oriented around his purpose for your life and so when you get up in the morning you follow him you stay close to him when he goes you go and what he does you do and you follow Jesus Father thank you for today and 
for your word and thank you for these moments that we could spend together today and I pray Heavenly Father that you would take these closing moments of worship and God just seal the deal and continue to speak that we would hear from you maybe today you realize that you've never said yes to Jesus and you're not following Jesus you know about him you want to can from your heart just cry out to the Lord call on him you can say something like this God I'm a sinner and I need a savior I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and he rose on the third day I repent of my sins I turn and I turn to Jesus and today I put my trust in you as savior and I follow Maybe as a Christ follower, you realize that you've taken some time off, some days off. It's an everyday thing. And you may just need to repent and confess. Repent means turn from and turn to. Turn from sin, turn to Jesus. Confess. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Maybe God is speaking to you in some other ways that I've not even mentioned today. Just say yes to him. I'm going to ask that everyone at both campuses please stand with me. And I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus today, I come to you and I just ask that you would take these closing moments of worship. This song, God, is so powerful. We just pray that your spirit would just, just remind us of what we need and who you are. I pray, God, that as we sing and as we worship, that, God, you would just minister to our hearts. God, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name that I pray.